Hello and welcome back to another episode of Podcasting is Praxist. Um, I'm Rob and I'm hosting today because both David and James are out for reasons. Uh, they may be in a meadow holding hands or not. It's up to you. But otherwise, my pronouns are he and him. I'm Alistair. My pronouns are he and him. And I'm Jamie and my pronouns are he and also, him. How, how will we give it? How has the viewer or listener, I should say, got the power to determine whether or not James, uh, James and David are in a field? I, I, don't I don't know, know how. I don't know why we've ceded that level of control of the podcast. But is is it me, or did Rob introduce us as podcasting as praxist? <laughs> well, is, well, you're also praxist. That is true. Yeah, I'm not praxist, but <laughs> <laughs> it's the new 21st century cooler version of uh, Posadism. <laughs> it's it's where, where next week we're just going to strap some mics to dolphins and just be done with it. We've redesigned the pod logo. It is now just podcasting is praxis in uh, fucking word art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be, we're gonna do windings t-shirts and really make a fucking killing. <laughs> oh man, yeah, let's let's do that two thousand and three level of humor that we all we all so such big fans of. Exactly, it's time for a yeah. comeback, baby. <laughs> if it were, if it's good enough for one of the richest men on earth, it's good enough for us. Exactly. Uh, but we will be talking about him next week and not this week, uh, because this week I want to bring an urgent matter to your uh, attention. Uh, apparently that the British people are bad at maths and this is holding the country back. Yeah. It's just in. The only thing that matters is if you can add nothing else. Uh, this is from an article in the BBC. Speaking in London to an audience of students, teachers, and business leaders, a lovely combination, uh, Mr. Sunik said, ch- said children risk being left behind in the jobs market without a solid foundation in maths. There is a cultural sense that it's okay to be bad at maths, he added, uh, which had left the UK among one of the least numerate countries in the developed world. Poor numeracy has provided a problem for employers, he said, and was costing the economy tens of billions a year. I mean, we have no idea oh, if that number's true, considering up. we're so bad at maths. <laughs> yeah. No way to verify it. Yeah. I hate this little fucking dweeb. <laughs> like, oh, people are bad at maths. Like, just fucking, do you know what I mean? Who gives a shit? Like, why do you need math? What do you need maths for at all? Like, I, I'm, not even, I'm not even going to, like, fucking do the old thing of, you know, calculators were invented for a reason. But, like, in five years' time, everyone's job is going to be typing in, like, fucking how do economy work into chat GPT <laughs> yeah. and then, like, implementing fucking, like, you know what I mean, government policy based off what it, what it sells you. So who the fuck needs maths, you know? Yeah. You'll be able to convince, if you'll be able to convince a computer that two and two is five soon enough, and that'll be all that matters. <laughs> Yeah. Wait until they hook that fucking thing up to Trident. <laughs> That's when the adventure Look, one, will start. Once they teach ChatGPT how to draw a circle, it'll be fucking unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, you know, we could just we could just ban the wheel again. I think there's a lot to be said for that, just on account I mean, of it being is... the demon's invention. Uh, I know, I know, like we're like into our third different conservative government or whatever the fuck, but like this is essentially the same government that did try to ban certain aspects of of like the field of mathematics a few years ago because they didn't like encryption so that's true yeah yeah. like far far be it from me to accuse rishi sunag of of being part of a government himself that is arguably innumerate 
it's 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 also part of the same government that not a few not that long ago because i remember we talked about it on this podcast before uh put out a series of ads with that ballerina on it saying you know her next job could be in cyber and i can't believe that that series of yeah. ads didn't solve the fucking problem that's that's basically what this is about though isn't it because it's like if you work in any kind of traditionally numbers based field like you're an accountant or a fucking hedge fund manager or you run a bank or whatever you don't need to know how to like do sums because you've got like a fucking spreadsheet that does that for you but what it is if you want a code you need you don't need to be able to do sums either but you need to know like how the sums fit together so you can use them in your code you can't ask a calculator how to write an equation for you so like they just need more people to learn how to do cyber so they can finally break the one last fucking bulwark of high-paid jobs where they can't like fucking just get millions of people in to drive wages down they keep trying to fucking like flood the the market with coders you know everyone should learn how to code and where you went where does that get you that gets you elon musk's twitter i mean i do wonder whether or not like the plan is actually that dastardly that they actually want to like drive down the market of like you know wage per hour for coders or whether or not they have genuinely convinced themselves that if everybody learns the code everybody will be like a millionaire or like you know that there'll be a million silicon valleys no i mean they've been they've been trying for, they've been trying for decades because it's like like you can get you, nowadays you can find like tons and tons of coders everywhere but like you can only find like the, the like a few good coders you know and if you if you want your like your fucking bank to work you need people who actually like are good at the job yeah you need you need people the, who can code, code in cobol and fortran Otherwise, otherwise, yeah. uh, in, <laughs> the thing that makes one pound worth one pound just falls fucking over. That those are the two creatures that infest the Nashkel mines, right? Just so I have it correct <laughs> in my head. <laughs> but yeah, when you when you get like a bunch of fucking idiots that don't know how to code together and let them do high high stakes financial transaction shit, you end up with like all those NFT contracts that were exploited. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't worry about it though. There, there have been, um, there are some solutions coming out of all of this. It's not just a speech. Um, apparently, the first plan is there's going to be another council involving some business people and some other people and some education experts. I really do like have fear in my heart already to come up with some proposals. Presumably, not ones that include. Is this going to be money. that fucking awful? Catherine Burble saying whatever, saying that math is no longer woke, so people need to learn how to do it. It's probably the math teacher at her school, presumably, yes. Well, I mean, it, it will definitely be someone from, like, Toby Young or something will be involved in, in some manner. Um, this is also... For, <laughs> this is fucking incredible. Um, do you want to know how we're going to get the youth of tomorrow into the classroom to, 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 to do more maths? Because, you know, we need people to do it. Is it uh, making classrooms smaller, training more maths teachers? Is it things like that? Uh, no, we're going to change the um, building sets, which I assume is the teaching uh -huh. material, for school for, for schools to, to include calculating the angle of free kicks or the speed of a Formula One car. Mm. Wow. Oh, this is, this is a fucking revolution in education. Yeah. See, the problem with with teaching math so far has been that it's just, like, not been cool enough. Yeah, they should teach you how to, like, crack the encryption on your Sky TV box or something. <laughs> Kids would take an interest then. And how, how to, like, siphon someone's bank account. <laughs> I mean, that's what... You teach you the math needed to break into PayPal. <laughs> 
I mean, that's not even that hard. Like you could, then you're better off with like a language degree. So you can just do like social engineering. That's like way easier rather than like learning how to crack like the the, the, the whatever on uh, on someone's PayPal account. And apparently we're also going to tackle, although that was undefined as to how that was going to be done. Uh, the government is going to tackle the UK's anti-maths mindset, which is... Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just just, mo- just mobs of mobs of people like roving the streets, like looking at anyone that's got their phone out. So that doesn't have a fucking calculator on it, does it? <laughs> yeah, but not enough people use that calculator. I think is the is the problem. We're not in love with the calculator as much as we are with I don't know, Angry Birds or something. I'm reaching to like an antiquated metaphor. Um, yeah, this of course, despite which was the obvious answer to all of this, uh, is that. The, the government hasn't the tory government for the last decade hasn't hit any of its targets for like hiring new math teachers because like if you have a university degree in mathematics why would you go into a classroom when you can do literally anything else for 50 times the fucking money yeah like just go go and do what a bunch of people that i know that did maths do and go and work for fucking um like weapons manufacturers and do a bunch of coding for them yeah that's uh and, and get paid like 60k a year why would you do that when you could work seventy-hour weeks for like thirty-two k um, as a like a relatively newly qualified teacher? Like it sounds fucking awesome, right? Yeah, I mean, this is although there is going to be like they're going to develop a little workaround for this, which is also which is incredible because apparently like almost ninety percent of all uh, secondary school math lessons are now taught by somebody who only has like a an A level qualification of their own. So like, but according to the ed- education secretary, uh, Gillian Keegan, this comes from The Guardian. Uh, uh, do you know we what? Have w- I, I have not heard of Gillian Keegan since, uh, like, until like yesterday. That is, which is a really good sign, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, that also means, I mean, I'm sure she was really busy, you know, resolving the massive teacher strike at the moment, um, or not. Um, but yeah, anyway, what she, she said is, look, instead of maybe like getting people with actual maths degrees in the classroom. Uh, she said, another route was maths and physics teaching apprenticeships, saying that's going to teach those young people who want to earn and learn at the same time and not go away to university, or people who need to earn and learn who want to do teaching as a second <laughs> subject as well. Look, I mean, I am absolutely all for people being able to do apprenticeships and actually get yes. paid, like, not, not the fucking poverty wages that people who are typically on apprenticeships apprenticeships get yeah but those are for jobs that aren't quite literally conceptual like mathematics and physics i mean (laughs) dude come on (laughs) you're gonna be sat at the back of a classroom with all the other kids looking at what like learning how to do maths to teach to the kids in the classroom I think like see one, do one, teach one is not quite a math like a method you can use for like mathematics. Like I'm I'm happy to be corrected, but like I have my fucking doubts. Yeah. Anyway, of course, you know, on the other side, instead of paying people, which is the obvious answer, if you want more people with STEM degrees in a classroom, hooray and correctly, uh, teaching unions have just rejected the uh, 4.3% next year pay rise, which was the government's star that is offer. Fuck all. Uh, sorry, Jamie. I should say they should would also have gotten a thousand pounds each this year as a bonus. Okay, well that is also fuck all. <laughs> oh wow, a what a one-time payment for prices that have permanently increased by anywhere between ten and twenty percent. Yeah, fucking awesome. Yeah, 
But next year, Alistair, you have to, you know, you have to give these things time. It gets better, by the way, because... By next year, like, a fucking thousand pounds going to get you, like, one big shop at the Tesco. <laughs> if, if you're lucky, it might get you, like, one pepperami. So it's going to be, yeah, it's, uh... Yeah. But, like, a pepperami, I... though. <laughs> <laughs> you get, you find a gold... <laughs> you find a golden ticket inside your pepperami, and that means you get exclusive access to the math apprenticeship. Imagine if you opened a pepperami and, like, the one inside was that little fucking cunt with the arms and legs off the advert. <laughs> Just having to like fucking brain it on the kitchen counter before you eat it. <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. You put it in a box and then sell it on eBay for like thirty grand. Like that guy with the the Dorito that was puffed up. Oh yeah, <laughs> the, the, I, I'm really looking forward to like our new hunt to gatherer society where we have to band together to like herd some pepperamis into a corner and then beat them to death. That's going to be an incredible society to live in. Well, it's either that or the fucking cereal aisle. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, but we're just gonna we're gonna redo farming from the ground up, where it's like fifty percent cereal. Oh, that's usually where it 50 starts. Fifty pepperami farms. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this this fucking insult of a four point three percent pay rise next year gets even better though, because I was reading some of the fine print on it, and apparently the government thought that like this generous offer could come mostly like out of existing school budgets, so they didn't have to pay the schools Bloody. anything extra anyway. <laughs> And I'm sure, like, schools just have that money coming out of their ears. I'm guessing. I don't know this. It's, so, it's just... I mean... I mean, o- do the kids really need dinners? <laughs> it, 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 is, it is fun to see these overlapping crises in various parts of the British society just all coalescing into one big, I don't know, uh, the next guy can deal with it. That's the solution to, like, the fact that we have not invested in schools whatsoever. We've academized, like, 90% of the pr- uh, fucking things at this point. All sponsored by McDonald's and Carpet Riot or whatever. Mm. You remember that cheery report from a while ago where it was, like, BAE Systems was helping, like, get material into classrooms? Oh, boy. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, let's, let's not uh, tax any of the fucking pricks that are going to sponsor any of these uh, academies that we've got. Let's just spreadsheet McFuckstein the current things that we're paying for so that we can just say that we've technically given teachers a pay rise without re- improving any of the fucking problems that currently uh, being faced by uh, the entire education sector. Yeah, I mean, and on that note, that's that's quite a good lead-in, actually, to, like, um, shall we discuss a slightly longer, more involved main story where we get to find out what happens when you do exactly that, when you do just, like, numbers fuck scene for a really long time. You know, you've done a lot of fucking around, and the finding out has happened. Uh, Shall we find out what happens when that happens at the council level? Because, you know, we're about to have council elections. So I thought I'd tell you the tale of uh, what happened to Thurrock Thurrock City or Thurrock County Council. Thurrock Council Um, is not a city. It is, like, a... pretty big area relatively speaking in Essex yeah covers like Grays Coringham Stamford uh, pretty much all the way out to just outside of South End and like north of like north of Basildon up to Orsett yeah it's like a big belt south of London right uh east east of London yeah um my 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 former haunt uh for about 27 28 years well, I mean, given that you used to live there, can I say well done on your escape? Because uh, the end of this story uh, would have impacted you had you still lev- lived um, there. 
So oh, don't first worry, of, don't worry, I am very relieved to not having to be living in Basildon anymore. <laughs> uh, so first, before I get started, like a big, huge fuck off credit to like Gareth Davies and several other investigative reporters at the Bureau of Investigative Journalism. Uh, they were like by far the main source for everything that I read to prepare for this. Um, and they have spent years and a lot of their money um, on Freedom of Information Act and suing Thorough Council to get the, the story out of this. So, you know, big credit to them. Um, if I remember, I'll put some links to some of their stories in the uh, show description. Definitely go read some because, like, they've really done amazing work on this. So, you know, just good journalism does occasionally occur, and this is definitely one of it. I'm assuming most people either skipped, didn't see, or why would you be interested? But at the end of last year, in December, technically, um, Thorough Council went bankrupt. The technical term is a, uh, when, when a council goes bankrupt, is a section 114 notice where it said to the central government, we are in such a grave financial position, uh, we will not be able to dig a hole out of this one. We need we need the cavalry. They weren't lying about that. Uh, the Oops, Thorough Council did a fucky-wucky. <laughs> a, quite a massive one. The fucky-wucky was a 470 million hole in its annual funding with more okay, to but come. that's that's nothing surely the government like will just happily throw you like a couple of billion for fucking like a ppe bonfire well, con- or considering shit, so. it is a council that is like two-thirds tory seats uh that would well, surprise go me on, yeah. that's fuck that's a piece of piss that like it, it hasn't you know? it hasn't quite somewhere up. somewhere up north can just lose a hospital Problem solved. Uh, it, it has not quite shaken out that way because essentially, like, while this is a Tory council uh, um, being investigated also by another Tory council and getting money from the Tory government, uh, they're not being like bailed out to the tune of like PPE or anything. Um, so uh, essentially, uh, apart from saying to the government, uh, help, we, we don't have any more money, uh, a section 104 notice does several other things but the main thing it does it says anything that is not on a list of truly essential services has to stop and be defunded straight away um things that are still included how is that different from any other day uh because this really cuts everything you know like everything to the bone and beyond like in terms of like councils some of them still have some discretionary spending. This cuts all of that out. And when I say discretionary, I also mean things like um, things like parks or maintaining a, a community center. All those things are no oh, longer um, available. Don't worry though, because um, not not only um, are all these vital services having to be uh, going to have to be shut down because of um, gross financial misconduct, they are also essentially of their own free will. Uh, they ha- I think they have closed down one hospital, A&E, uh, are trying to close down a second, making Basildon Hospital the only, only A&E in like, I don't know, it's like a 50 or 60 square mile radius. It's fucking ridiculous. Well, I mean, come on, like how sick do you, can you be if you need to get to a hospital? Like, yeah. Just, you know, just, just perk yourself up a little bit. As someone who has previously spent a great deal of time visiting people in Basildon Hospital, you do not want to spend any more time in there than you fucking have to. No, certainly not. Anyway, so today... Yeah, but it's supply and demand. If you build hospitals, people will get sick. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just how it works. I didn't know you were an American, Jamie. When did this, when did this come in? <laughs> <laughs> So today we're going to talk a little bit about council funding, what the fuck happened in Thurrock, where the, some of the money went, and like 
the end result of all this. So unfortunately, first I have to, for this story to make sense, I have to, I'll do this as briefly as I can. I have to explain how council funding works in general, because otherwise the rest of it won't make any sense. Basically, as of today, the uh, this is from the Institute for Government, the council funding works as follows. Roughly 50% of it comes directly from council taxes. Twenty About 27% comes from uh, business rates. So councils don't send all of it to the treasury. They get to keep a portion for themselves. And about 23 to 25% uh, comes from grants for, from various funds and stuff from the central government. That's way less than it used to be, but that's sort of the mix how it how it works. So council tax being 50% is a, you know, that's a huge chunk. It's very important for councils to make their, their money. And a critical point is, according to the legislation as set out for local councils, councils are not allowed to run a year-on-year -year deficit ever. They're not allowed to be in the red. Uh, they must either be be neutral, or if they do end up short on like year on year funding, they need to draw on their own reserves that they have presumably still left from all the fat years that you know of the previous ten to fifteen years. I assume they still all have some money somewhere. Um, they are, however, allowed to go into debt to do like big capital expenditure. So, like if uh, Thorok were to say build a new hospital, they are allowed to like <laughs> borrow money. I, you know, or whatever, some kind of I'm business. I'm sorry, it's literally, for... literally laughable about the idea of um, Thorough Council, County Council trying to actually do any, something good. Yeah, or like a, a a business park for fake PPE businesses or a new pub for Matt Hancock or whatever, you know. Like they, they are allowed to run up debts, but only for big capital expenditure, not for day to day runnings. Just as a side note, UK councils have like, uh, uh, in contrast to like most of the developed blah blah Western world, a hugely low ability to like raise revenues on their own or raise taxes uh, locally. And since uh, austerity, so roughly 2010, on average, councils have lost already about 16% of their spending power, but gained a lot more responsibilities. Uh, so you know, they have to do a lot more with a lot less. However, like I said, they are allowed to raise their taxes, but according to, like, I can't remember when this introduced, councils are not allowed to raise council taxes by more than 2% a year uh, without holding a public referendum on it. <laughs> oh, cool. Which, although weirdly enough, Westminster can change that can and ch and does change this percentage essentially on a whim. Like under Theresa May, they said, "Oh, you can do it up to three percent for a while," and then Boris came in and said, "No, it's two percent again," which is just incredibly fucking weird. It is it is extremely good that our extremely centralized government um, have laid a bunch of responsibility on the closest thing to we have like local government, and yet. Zero ability for them to actually raise any funds to do, essentially raise any funds to do anything themselves without, li like, literally the government going, actually, yeah, you can have a bunch, you can have, like, 50 million quid to have a bunch of squash courts installed to eat and or whatever the fuck. But, um, oh, well, say you want to build a library, go fuck yourself. I mean, you, you say that, so in order to, the central government, pricks though they are, did recognise that this whole you know less money more responsibility represents a bit of an issue for a lot of councils so they said well you can do something else to make up for all these cuts and shortfalls uh, and that is you are allowed to invest, invest in the timeshare pretty much you uh, councils are allowed to invest in commercial real estate ventures both inside their own borders and beyond wow 
so I mean, some of that, look, you know, as long as we have capitalism, that sort of makes sense. It's like, you know, the council wants to build a new shopping center in the middle of town to attract business. They need to do ca uh, capital expenditure. So they need to be able to, like, borrow and invest. So in that, like, that's... Just, that again, a laughable thought, considering what uh, Bazardon Town Center looked like last time I walked through there with about 40% of the shops with fucking boarded up windows. Sure, I mean, but I'm saying that's like the most positive case. Obviously, most of the time they simply don't. <laughs> best do case, uh, best case scenario, you can end up with four Gregs, three McDonald's, and a Burger King in your fucking town centre. Yeah, yeah. Well, in my fiance's hometown, like even the cost of coffee is left, which is fucking incredible. It's like I didn't know that that was, you know, possible. So it, they can like they are allowed to invest in commercial real estate. So straightforward stuff like they can just help develop a business park and then they get some rents out of it. Uh, they can fix up existing real estate. So like I said, if there's like an old shopping mall from like the 1970s, they can do it up and then hope that, you know, uh, uh, I assume a betting shop or something along those lines comes into it and they make money from that. Or uh, they can do something else. And this is the most relevant for the rest of our story. Um, they can enter into more speculative developments, uh, uh, harnessing the local authorities' good covenant, which means they can why? lend out money on the credit Rob, of the council. Rob, why, why, are we, why are we telling counts, like local councils to make essentially risky investments in property? Like at best, dodgy, dodgy investment opportunities in, and not to invest in things that people might actually use, such as council houses, like thing, things that actually provide something of a return to the fucking local council. No, we can't be having any of that. What you have to do is you have to funnel all of your fucking hard fought for council tax rise profit. Well, not profits, but tax income into insane business ventures hell yes let's do that i mean certainly like that's why do you hate small businesses yeah why do you why do you hate you know mavis the small the small landlord who just wants to develop some properties <laughs> and furthermore uh, not only are councils allowed to like spend money in this way by like doing speculative real estate uh, ventures not just themselves they're allowed to invest in other people doing them they are also allowed to borrow money for that purpose, for any purpose relevant to its functions or the prudent management of its financial affairs. So what councils are allowed to do is borrow a shit ton of money, then invest that into a real estate scheme and then hope it pays off in the future and thereby making up for like a shortfall in council taxes or something along those lines. That's not at all a hint of what's about to happen. Um, not only that, it gets it gets even better. Councils can also like they have to be in line with certain accounting principles, etc. As well as well as the Prudential Code. I didn't look into what that is because, quite frankly, I only have so much attention span. Um, but councils can also, in terms of how much they borrow, they can set their own borrowing limits, uh, mainly relying on like the the financial teams and the professionals working for the council to do fu numbers fucking and say you can borrow up to this and that's a healthy amount and not above that because then there's a problem <laughs> just a just a fucking bunch of fucking civil servants sitting in office just and just saying gotta spend money and make money baby back and forth to one another I mean, they were <laughs> all councils are heavily incentivized to do exactly that to basically build luxury flats hope it pays off so they can keep the library open 
That's like yeah, the build, build luxury flats and immediately fucking sell them off to some private, uh, like private investment vehicle, right? Just yeah. And also remember, like I said before, councils are never ever allowed to default. They can only go into debt as it relates to capital expenditures, so building luxury flats or getting getting into a scheme to build luxury flats. So if you're the developer or you ha you have like a scheme, again, I'm just not prefacing anything. Uh, and if you get can get like the council to put its money up, pretty much anybody will be in it because they'll know they're going to get their money back because the council can't go into debt. The council is like legally mandated to always pay its debts back. So I can't possibly see any ways for this to go wrong. No, anyway. No, this sounds absolutely bulletproof. Anyway, uh, let's let's talk about Thorough Council and see what they did and how that turned out for them. Um, this is <laughs> this chapter is titled "You Can't Do That." That's illegal. <laughs> um, this is from the opening of uh, Gareth, one of Gareth Davies' very good articles on the Bureau of Investigative Journal uh, Journalism. This is the opening. As he was chauffeured to the airport where his private jet waited, Liam Kavanagh reflected in typically colourful language on how much his life had changed. Look at what we're doing now, he told his personal assistant. You're driving a fucking van to the airport with Kavanagh after 10 years of meeting in fucking car parks, smoking a fag, all the shit we've gone through, it's insane. And Liam Kavanagh is like the star character of what's about uh, to happen. Because Liam Kavanagh had an investment scheme uh, that ran a series of mainly solar farms, um, and they essentially drained a whole bunch of money out of Thorough Council. Uh, he's very much a name to remember for the rest of this story, Liam Kavanagh. So that money, according to the Bureau of Investigative Journalist, helped for him personally, for Liam Kavanagh, fund a fleet of very nice luxury cars, a 200-acre county estate, as well as either use of or his own corporate private jet. Um, so he made quite well out of all of this. So oh, what happened? Interesting when uh, the, prob the, the main problem with uh, solar farms is getting the actual capital to build the farm in the first place. And then afterwards you have a relatively low maintenance source of electricity. Hmm. How can one fuck this up, one might ask? Well, I mean, there are, there are or were legal proceedings going on about the state of the solar farms when... Uh, Liam Kavanagh bought them himself that they might already have been defect and in not good working order in the first place before they were marketed as a big investment tool to Thorough Council and pretty much only Thorough Council. It's an interesting side note. So before it ended all, all ended in massive tears at the end of last year and certainly currently this year, uh, Thorough's uh, Council, led by the Tories, loaned Liam Kavanagh's different companies about 655 million pounds with that uh you know almost 600 plus million pounds he built an empire of solar farms and according to again to the tbij at least 138 of that million of that money is currently missing nobody's quite sure where it has ended up and i should say according to liam kavanagh and also his lawyers over at carter ruck he claims no responsibility. He said he has always done the right thing and that he is cooperating with different investigations. So we need to be very <laughs> clear on that that we are not assigning blame. All I'm saying is I, I'm not I'm not at all convinced by someone saying I'm always I've always tried to do the right thing. Yeah. 
Um, so like in terms of how much money was spent, so just to put it in context, like like I said, they gave slightly over 650 million pounds to this guy to buy solar, to go into an investment on solar farms with. Uh, Thurok Council itself, before it blew up, spent about 150 million pounds a year on all its local services in total. So they'd given this guy like more than four years worth of annual budget. Um, I mean, just on the face of it, this is fucking insane. Yes. Like, it, I mean... Oh. Uh, it also, by the way, very happily for the Tories on Thorough Council, allowed them not to raise council tax for a really long time because they and their financial officer, uh, Sean Clark, also a name to remember, um, were going to make so much money with these investments in solar farms that they didn't need to put up council tax. Uh, presumably, this was a selling point in, in local elections. I don't know, but I'm... Given that they're Tories, I'm willing to make that bet. So the first deal, uh, which is done through uh, a Kavanaugh's company, a company called Rockfire Capital, was a co-investment not just with Thurrock, but also Warrington and Newham Councils for a big solar farm in Swindon. Uh, basically, what happened is um, the uh, Rockfire Capital uh, bought these with money from these councils. They bought the solar farm, and in exchange, the councils received a series of bonds, which would mature in five or six years, um, with, by which time they would get all like their investment money back. And then afterwards, they would get, uh, and in the meantime, they would get regular interest payments uh, as the solar farms produced energy and, you know, money, etc., etc. Uh, most of these bonds are currently set to expire in 2027 and 2028, but the value underlying, i.e. the value of the solar farms, may have been somewhat overstated. <laughs> um, oh boy, so, you, you, you really do need like an entire team of lawyers behind you to make it crack any fucking jokes about that. Uh, yes, very much so. And since we don't, we shan't. Um, so there is already a high court case between Liam Kavanaugh and the previous owners of these solar, f solar farms, where he is or was suing the company, uh, saying that the solar farms were already blighted by defects and worth substantially less than what he paid for them. Uh, or at least I should say that what Thurrock Council paid for them through him being the intermediary. Uh, again, this is through uh, reporting from the Bureau of Investigative Journalism. So this deal, in, together with all other future deals relating to uh, Liam Kavanaugh and Solar Farms, was put together by the finance director of Thurrock Council, a guy called Sean Clark. That's the other name to remember. The two big names are Liam Kavanaugh and uh, Sean Clark. The rest, the rest is fine. Um, and also, like I said before at the start when we were talking about how county council funding works, um, in most councils, it is the finance director and the chief executive who set the borrowing limits for the council as a whole, like what is prudent. So if one guy, let's say Sean Clark, um, gets sort of enchanted, bewitched, or thinks that there's a, you know, that there's a good investment to be done with these solar farms, and he goes slightly crazy, then the person keeping him in check is sean clark and the council maybe it's just maybe it's just like the uh the scene in um clockwork orange but instead of like having your eyes held open to like a bunch of distressing images just a bunch of different solar farms that you could be investing in yes um so according to uh, the Bureau of Investigative Journalism, uh, Kavanaugh and Sean Clark had developed a very close and happy relationship, including many sort of 
happy lunches um, in London's Mayfair district where like when uh, Sean Clark would go out there to like check on the money or whatever you know the, his team would literally say to each other oh yeah the boss is off to London to see how the gambling with our money is going and so somewhere between late 2018 and early 2019, after having already uh, uh, put up a huge amount of, of money to buy the initial solar farms, um, they stump up another £138 million for Kavanaugh and Rockfire Capital to improve the series of solar farms they had already uh, bought. This, by the way, was truly incredible because, like, again, 138 that's about the annual budget of the whole Thorough Council for everything that it does operationally actually is supposed to benefit its citizens uh, the, again this is i'm quoting from an article from the bureau of investigative journalism again by gareth davies the only basis for the 138 million pound top-up was a short report produced on behalf of rockfire capital liam kavanaugh's company that marketed the bonds in november of 2018 that claimed that the sites had substantially increased in value since they were purchased a year or so earlier if this were correct they're putting in money uh, more money would increase returns and you know provide little extra risk however that was also hello, the- uh, hello rockfire capital what's your what's your source for this my sources are made it the fuck up uh, not necessarily that they made it up for legal reasons we definitely cannot say that but uh, uh, you can't did- you can't take a fucking meme to court probably <laughs> Um, however, <laughs> w- amazingly, and again, like we're talking about, I-, I should stress this again, we are talking about an amount of money that is the pretty much the annual operating budget of the whole council. Uh, it appears that neither Thorough Council and its councillors and the Tory party in charge of it, nor Sean Clark did any additional homework. So the Gareth Davies and, and the guys at the uh, Bureau talked to the actual day-to-day manager, the guy who was actually, you know, I don't know what you do day to day on a solar farm. I assume just like spit and polish and, you know, tighten up some wires and stuff. So they spoke to that guy who said, who confirmed to them that no one on the council nor anyone actually representing them had actually visited any of the sites, asked for any of the contracts or the performances to date, or basically did any due diligence whatsoever. They just, when this guy Kavanaugh said, oh yeah, we've done amazing work, they just went, yeah, sure. That sounds. They just took his word as read, which is incredible when you think about the the amount of money involved. Yeah, like, I mean, like considering, like again, like spending casually spending four times of your annual operating budget in one fucking go, or or broken up into a few smaller pieces, and just going, yeah, no, sounds good, mate. Yeah, well, what? Why? Why have you sent me this JPEG? Uh, oh, that's the report. It's, it just says uh, it's going well. All right, cool. Thanks, mate. Yeah, but truly, like, I mean, if nothing else, that's like an incredible amount of just like casual negligence. It's like if I, you know, if I personally loaned someone, I don't know, a, a substantial amount of money, like more than my monthly income, at some point I'd be like, can you actually pay that back? And what are you doing with the money? And, you know, like you would just check. And that's just me. And I don't earn that much fucking money. Anyway, so furthermore, neither in the original like 300 million buy uh, that was loaned to Rockfire Capital and Liam Kavanaugh to buy these solar farms, nor the 138 million top up loan, um, did Thorough Council feel at any point like obliged or, you know, morally, Im- uh, you know, morally or spiritually responsible for like involving, like informing the general public of what they were doing? 
I mean, they were under no legal obligation to do it, so they didn't have to. But, you know, they just didn't do that because they didn't have to. So they were like, well, why bother? Also, why bother involve, like, telling apparently the Labour opposition what the plan was and what they were doing and on what scale? Uh, This was just like, from what I understand and how I've read it, this was very much an internal matter. Um, However, of course, having loaned somewhere in the order of 500 million uh, to this guy for the solar farms at this point, towards 2018, people were starting to ask questions because that's, you know, those are big, big numbers on a relatively small council budget. And again, I'm reading from both a report done by the BBC as well as the Bureau of Investigative Journalism. In March 2018, the financial advisors Arlen Close wrote to Sean Clark personally to express urgent concerns about the council's extreme appetite for risk. The company felt that this risk was well beyond that of all its other clients, even those who had adopted relatively aggressive strategies. The letter listed a series of risk areas, including the £370 million investment in unrated bonds, that's the solar farms, high levels of debt and huge exposure to local authority funding. It also noted that the company's advice had either been ignored or we have simply not uh, been consulted. So this is the the council's own external financial advisor saying, we don't know what you're doing. You're scaring the shit out of us. We hate to see woke risk management companies and advisors being ignored when globe bestriding, forward thinking Tory councils are trying to invest hundreds of millions of pounds into... In green technologies, no less. In green, green technology, yeah, green jobs. <laughs> All those things that uh, you, you wokest want, just disgraceful, really. In, instead, what happened was uh, a year later, so a year after sending uh, this letter, uh, Thorough Council uh, chose to fire Arlen Close, but continued to invest <laughs> and borrow money to invest with Liam Kavanagh, as well as others in another series of catastrophic investments. That's fucking amazing. I, I do not like you constantly bringing up the fact we're ignoring you, so you're sacked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or... Possibly, you know, but I can't state this as a matter of certainty. Sean Clark and his team were not very happy with these people saying, what the fuck are you doing? And they wanted to pick some some, some other people. However, everybody was getting a bit nervous. So Thorough Council did contract a different set of advisor called Camdor Global, who went again to this day-to-day manager of the solar farm and then confirmed that this company, the one that was actually running the solar farms, had never received any of the £138 million uh, of the top-up loan and that therefore no improvements had been made because they didn't have the money uh, to do it. Um, Again, it should be stressed because these things are under court proceedings that this specific company called Toucan Energy, not to be confused with the later Toucan Energy related company, but this one, neither the manager, a guy called Dan Kirk, were involved in anything shady so far as we know, apart from just running the actual solar farms bought by Rockfire Capital with money from Thorough Council. Just, it is not the fault nor the problem of the people who were, like I said, polishing the solar panels and tightening the wires. Now, seemingly, almost 140 pounds, million pounds have vanished. And that's not, that's not just a problem because the money's vanished, because like a year's budget has vanished. Um, it's also a problem because if the upgrades weren't done, then the site isn't worth 140 million more than the original asking price. And that means when you sell 
the farms at the end of the when the bonds mature thorough council can't get its money back because the underlying asset isn't worth what it's what's set on the paper you know like they're not worth the money that is being uh, expressed again this is according to documents seen by the bureau according to the second company that did an actual inspection for the first time the camdor the difference between the value printed on on the bonds or you know what they say the solar farms are worth and the estimated real value could be as much as 200 million pounds so that's just like a straight Oof. up straight up loss of 200 million pounds on a, a, a really uh, bad investment so we don't know where like the missing 138 million pounds went uh, we 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 cannot speak to that i've got a it's buried in my garden <laughs> not again jamie come on like we've been we've been, we've talked about this before come you on you get hired on you get hired on to to guard one ditch and you just start getting ideas don't you <laughs> yeah i mean can you imagine like just having that much money to just like piss into a void yeah but i mean it must be fucking nice it, eh? in, a, in a in a related uh case uh made against liam kavanagh in the uk high court and again i'm citing the bureau of investigative journalism here the court the court also heard an allegation that liam kavanagh treated his businesses as a personal cash point the allegation was made in messages sent by a director of one of his own companies who later told the judge that Liam Kavanaugh had taken out large sums of money at short notice and with little explanation and suggested that some of it may have been used to buy cars. Of course... Do you know what? That That is just the single most fucking thoric thing that I could possibly think of. Like, it just absolutely to a T, that, that is something that would happen in thoric. <laughs> again i should stress liam kavanagh and his lawyers at carter rock deny all this happened and this podcast cannot know for certain we are merely repeating things that have be- been in print before if it did happen it does not surprise me in the slightest uh so the the bureau of investigative journalism got their hands on a uh, dashboard cam this is the same thing where i read the quote from at the beginning where he said look at how crazy my life has gone so this is a recording that took place right after the first piece on all this missing money and the solar farms and liam kavanaugh's printed by the bureau of investigative journalism so this is right after this is from a dashboard cam i'm quoting from the article he said he needed to protect everybody's interest and the money and get rid of rockfire capital and another company we'll talk about later uh, called the rockfire investment finance a bomb got dropped with the fucking article shit, but that, it, according, this is Liam Kavanaugh, I've made up my mind, wind up Rockfire and start selling assets, restructure. He went on to say, I'm not bothered now, I'm never going to raise another pound from a local, a local authority again. After appearing to receive confirmation that the process of liquidating one of his companies was underway, Kavanaugh continued, get that gone, get that shit transferred over, get rid of Rockfire investment, get rid of all this other fucking bullshit. He detailed then his strategy. You take risks, you get in and you get out. He And he concluded then on Rockfire succinctly, now it's dead, so just let it fucking die. So basically what he's done is now that serious questions are being asked about these multiple pounds investments, uh, he is letting the companies that signed the original agreements and that were the issuers of the bonds worth many, many millions, um, that he was collapsing them, I'm not going to say on purpose, but 
you know, things haven't gone very well. Rockfire Capital, as far as I know, doesn't exist anymore. And Rockfire Investments, another company, uh, hasn't filed any accounts since 2021. Maybe they have by now, but it's I very do like. I do like how this guy has essentially pulled off the same... Well, it sounds like if all of these allegations are true, it sounds like this guy has pulled off the same fucking scam on Thorot Council that I had a bunch of people uh, that had that got pulled on a bunch of people in like when I was in year 10 at school where uh, they went, they spent 200, they pulled like 200 quid together to buy some, like a big thing of weed off of someone. And it was just like a bit of wood with some like, yeah, like, like a drink of oregano. weed in a, yeah. in a box. Yeah. Then <laughs> <laughs> uh, all, all in the same council. Like you just, you just love to see, you just love to see development in a, in something like this. Yeah. So again, like we, I can only speculate at this point, and I genuinely don't know this for sure, but it looks very closely like the rug is being pulled out uh, from underneath by Third Council. So, however, that doesn't, of course, er- it doesn't erase the fact that the de- that the bonds and the debt of six hundred fifty-five million pounds they do still exist. Uh, those were uh, transferred; legal ownership was transferred to three more companies, all. Uh, also controlled by Liam Kavanagh, but this time out of the Isle of Man tax haven. Uh, that's I'm not stating anything. That's just a you know, that's just the truth. These things are based in the Isle of Man, which is a known tax haven. Um, so the one that now owns the that has issued the bond and is therefore responsible for paying back the interest as well as the principal at some point uh, is a company called Toucan Energy Holdings One. Not to be confused, of course, because that's an easy thing to do with Toucan, <laughs> Toucan Energy, Energy Holdings. This one, Toucan Energy Holdings, final, final, final. Uh, no, no, with Toucan Energy, which was the company that serviced uh, the solar farms. They're not the same things. They just bear strikingly s- similar names. You know, make of that what you will. Um, again, I'm reading now from uh, a piece in the Bureau of Investigative Journalism. Uh, Liam Kavanagh has indicated that the what they they say is missing 138 million pounds had been properly recorded on the balance sheet of Toucan Energy Holdings One, a company whose first set of accounts has been overdue since April, and that it would be wrong to suggest that the money had 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 to be invested in the solar farms, and that there were no specific terms as to how the funds would be used. So, maybe he's right, and maybe the contract written on the 140 million was so shit that he could do whatever he wanted with the money because the terms and conditions weren't stipulated. Maybe it was like that because we haven't seen those specific documents surface yet. So as it stands at the end of last year, so at the end of 2022, when everything was like running towards um, bankruptcy, uh, if um, Thorough County, if Thorough Council, I keep wanting to say County Council, but if Thorough Council wanted its money back from Liam Kavanagh and whatever company is currently holding the series of bonds, at least one of which, which is an incredible name, by the way, is called Perpetual Power Holdings. I think that's also based on <laughs> I mean, um, that's, that's just fucking tempting fate, isn't it? That's a very Andrew Tate-ass name for a company. Like, um... <laughs> In this council, we obey the laws of thermodynamics. <laughs> so in order to like get the money out of these bonds uh, and, and get like the, 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 the actual cash money back, uh, the only way to do that would be to sell off the underlying asset, which is the solar farms. But as I said before, if you did that tomorrow, you would probably record a loss of 200 million pounds. So 
That's like where about 665 million pounds went from Thurrock County Council. And just very briefly, just as a side little amusement, um, this was not the only strange investment that was made by Thurrock Council at the time uh, and approved of or at least signed off by Sean Clark, so far as I know. At least another 94 million pounds was tied up in an investment in a company called the Just Loans Group, which is uh, which was a lender. <laughs> Just loans, which, nothing to see here. Pretty much, um, <laughs> it was a lender that provided funding to businesses unable to raise money through traditional means. Uh, so these were either too risky for banks in a zero interest rate environment, I might add, uh, or they were unable to raise it for, for other reasons, which is... Loan Sharks hand. Incorporated. Uh, uh, possibly. We, we can't stay, say that uh, for sure. Uh, and this is again, sleeping, with, sleeping with the fish's capital. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the company went bust uh, uh, last year, June 2022, and the councils estimate that its losses on uh, Just Loans Group, uh, again, 94 million invested, its losses will be 65 Man, million pounds. These, these guys just can't catch a break, can they? Uh, another investment, small, small, <laughs> small fry in comparison, but just to round it off, just so you have a really good idea that it wasn't, it wasn't just one thing with this one guy. This is from the BBC. Other investments included nineteen million pounds lost in a deal with a company that supplies eco-friendly generators to leisure centres, as well as fourteen million pounds written off after the collapse of a wood chip boiler business. So more green energy stuff, but you know, just not quite as successful. I just, I just, just a real mistake to even bother trying at this point. You just need to, you just need to get on that naughty oil shit. Well, I mean, I, I, I say, I say, it, green invest energy. In, invest in a moral and respectable company like Shell or BP. Well, I mean, if you want to talk moral and respectable, it turns out that this company, where they lost ninety millions on eco-friendly generators, according to the again to a different piece in the Bureau of Investigative Journalism, that generator company didn't actually do any green energy or installed any boilers. Instead, it turned itself into uh, a credit company, which then made a series of very bad loans and went bust, uh, taking the uh, £90 million from Thurrock Council. This fu- like, Thurrock Council is just a council that is determined to find the scammiest fucking middlemen on the God's earth. It is truly staggering how awful these investments are and how awful these fucking people are. Yeah. So in terms of like, so if you're wondering now, like that's that's one hell of a way to like run a railroad. And that's a lot of money for, again, a council with an operating budget of about 150 million pounds. Um, so first off, it turns out that the total debt of Thorough Council isn't just in this solar farm thing. It includes all the other stuff we were just talking about. Um, the... Uh, actual total it depends on which reading you do. The latest figures that I read is about uh, 1.5 billion pounds uh, that Thorough Council borrowed from different sources, and we'll get into what those are. Um, Jesus fucking Christ! Uh, so that's, by the way, if it's a, 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 a billion and a half, uh, that would be sick like at least 500 million pounds more than any other council has like capital invested with like they are up there with like a bullet they're number one with like a gold star in terms of how much money uh they borrowed from all over the shop um and again let me let me read you from um this is um the bureau again this is incredible because they actually got an interview with finance director sean clark 
In an interview at the time, he, Sean Clark, described a bizarre arrangement involving dozens, if not hundreds of short-term loans, many as short as a month in length, with the effect that the council was in a perpetual state of borrowing from one local authority to repay another. Piecing together data in obscure spreadsheets revealed Thurok had borrowed from at least 150 other councils. This guy, this, okay, is, this guy is running Thurok Council like I play... <laughs> Fucking workers and resources Soviet Republic. This is fucking staggering. <laughs> I mean, uh, um, yeah, to... making up a shortfall of like hundreds of thousands of pounds every fucking month by just lo- just opening a loan for like two years, but like, with actual fucking money. Amazing. I mean, he's he's doing like the personal like the personal finance equivalent of using one credit card to pay off the debt on oh, another. Yeah. Like that's literally what this is. It's it's truly incredible. However, it gets even more incredible because you think like, wow, 150 other councils, what the fuck were they up to? Again, let me let me read you from the article. When contacted, some of the biggest lenders to their councils said they had not even asked what the loans were for because the arrangement meant they got their money back with interest after a short period of time. It was effectively a source of apparently limitless public cash to which Kavanaugh's companies would indirectly give an ac- access. Oh man, seems legit. Yeah, you don't you don't look a gift horse in the mouth, do you? Uh, quite so, uh, because again, let me read you from this is the same article again from the the bureau, um, and this is after they dropped their first story about the very questionable links with this guy and these soil farms and the real question of the value. So this is this is after that, right? This is after that, and this is. If you have like half a functioning brain, you would have read that piece and said, fuck me, I'm a counselor. I might be in some way, if not legally, then at least morally responsible for this. Again, let me read you what happened instead. After the Bureau's first story, some of Thurrock's counselors encouraged Sean Clark to borrow and spend even more, with one declaring during a public meeting, the beautiful thing about this plan is that it's someone else's money. Another councillor said elected members were not supposed to question decisions taken by council officers. It really is sad to see the death of Thatcherism in a Tory-run council. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, isn't the problem with that that it always runs out? <laughs> well, I mean, in, 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 in the end it did. And like, I can't stress enough, if you read the, the article, and, and I, will do genuine, I will try to remember to put them up uh, in, in the show description, they have the video where this guy is saying the beautiful thing about this is it's somebody else's money. However, on top of like this Byzantine structure of like short-term loans from 150 other councils, Thurrock Council had also borrowed about £350 million from the Treasury itself. Uh, from a pot that should be used for like big infrastructure projects. Apparently, that was also fine. Um, it 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 also like this non-questioning of council finances by by councillors and you know, uh, as far as I've understood it, when the Labour opposition asked for details and said what the fuck's going on, they didn't get answers. So this non-questioning and the involvement of Lee and Kavanaugh in particular continued even after there was a high court trial that I referenced earlier uh, involving yet another Kavanaugh company where he was accused of misleading uh, the council into paying a 5 million arranging fee, which has also not been surfaced uh, <laughs> since. Uh, again, this is from another article by the Bureau on that on that court case. A judge later concluded that he, Liam Kavanaugh, had failed to include the payment in a document outlining one of the solar farm investments, which cast serious doubt, words of the judge, as to whether or not it was a genuine fee for arranging the deal or a 
covert extraction of funds by Mr. Kavanaugh for his own benefit. I think that's counsel for um, the other for opposing the opposing counsel. Again, Liam Kavanaugh and his lawyers at Carterock deny all wrongdoing in this and all in in all other cases. So if you're wondering how in the will uh, Thorough County get counsel get its money back. Um, Apart from the fact that the solar farms are not worth the money that, you know, that's printed on the bonds and a number of their other investments have just collapsed and gone into bankruptcy. The answer is definitely not. However, in the case of these solar farms, it gets even better because the arrangements between them, between um, Thorough Council and the various ent entities with the name Rockfire in it, uh, are written in such a way that a lot of them, when it comes to like actually clawing back money in case of, you know, alleged fraud or something are not enforceable like they, they, they there's too many loopholes in them that like you can just walk you can walk out of it um this includes i'm not going to get too technical by the way but when contracts get this big and there's this money involved there's usually somebody involved a, a party called the security trustee uh that's supposed to be the entity like it says it's the trustee in case something goes wrong there's a security um that is allowed to supposed supposed to be allowed to get you your money back in case of alleged fraud or something um the security trustee in this case the loans relating to the solar companies was a Different company, imaginatively titled Rockfire Security Trust. Oh, for fuck's sake, Rob. <laughs> hey. So if you're wondering, like, right, right, you know, like, look, none of us have a high opinion about councillors um, themselves. So how did the council prove this? Again, this is according to the Bureau of Investigative Journalism. Uh, Sean Clark, the finance director, preferred to brief the leaders of the three political groups in private, unminuted and undocumented meetings. So nobody knows how this got approved because they didn't literally didn't keep the fucking minutes. Yeah. So like, again, we, we, we don't know, but the fact that it took like three years and several legal tribunals for the Bureau of Investigative Journalism and Gareth Davies to get their hands on, like not even all of them, but just a slice of the relevant files is probably a pretty decent indicator that a lot of people inside the council and inside the executive are less than forthcoming about the details of what went on in the previous decade to put it mildly i mean i'm i'm going to try and phrase this uncharacteristically in a way that isn't like you know committing a libel but would you take minutes that were essentially like mycrimes.txt <laughs> i no pro pro probably probably not who's the leader of the fucking council is it string a bell from the wire <laughs> <laughs> so like the for reasons I would want to get into at the tail end, um, there is going to be like a, a, an official government investigation into all this shit because like now everything's blown up, right? Uh, so that's not has not seen the light of day yet, but we do have an interim report uh, prepared by Essex County, uh, which went into like inspect, which did like a first sort of tour of the disaster site uh, and, and are formally involved in like getting... Um, thorough council out of the shit essex county yeah i, I think say, i just want to add quickly i think um so essex like essex county council has basically you know slapped uh thorough council's hands away from the fucking playstation controller and taken yes. over yes. like the actual important running of the of the area because they fucked it so royally yes very much so so this is from an interim report i'm just signing a little bit um again we haven't seen final versions um in terms of how 
what was going on inside the building with Sean Clark, the councillors, who approved of what, etc. Furthermore, there was no reporting of the operation of, of the powers devolved to Sean Clark, nor was any other mechanism deployed to either identify or challenge what he was doing. There was no effective separation of roles. There was no involvement of internal audit in the program, and resourcing of this function, function is in any event woefully inadequate. The corporate risk register reported the highest risks and opportunities. The only visibility of the investment program at a corporate level uh, was as an opportunity, not as a risk. And indeed, we can find no understanding of the complexity of the program that would have involved proper risk management. There was no consideration of the skills and resourcing requirement needed to run this program properly and advice from Treasury management advisors given in 2018. Remember, those were the guys who wrote the letter and then were sacked was not only uh, ignored, but their contract was then terminated. So you what fucked the fuck it, lads. anybody was doing inside the building is fucking anybody's guess. I mean, it is, I think, it, something stinks, I think it's fair to say, like, absolutely reeks of uh, something it, or other, which... It, it certainly, I mean, it could also, and, you know, we've talked about, like, local councils before, it could also just be, like, massive fucking stupidity and people being dazzled by doing green investment and just money flying out the door, because, you know, the people involved are credulous rubes. Like that's I'm not discounting that as a possibility because you know. I mean, yeah, it would counselors. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, the guy had just gone in and said, "Green energy, tech, new jobs," and they've yeah. gone, "Oh yeah." Sung a song about a monorail. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. Um, we can so... finally put Basildon on the map. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, right. So this is sort of. Before we move to like sort of sort of wrapping this up and, and seeing like where all the players are now and what's going on today in um, Thurrock, um, I should stress that like while Thurrock Council may be like pretty singular in like how stupid they were with regards to like one guy and his solar farms, they really are not the only ones. Um, Surrey Council is either broke at the moment or almost broke from a you know, not solar farm, but similar related string of really bad real estate investments. Uh, Croydon Council has gone bankrupt for the third time last year and may need to sell off its libraries, community hubs, as well as a retail park to pay off the debts this time. Um, Slough Council in uh, Berkshire also went bankrupt due to what it called historic accounting errors, as well as excessive borrowing to purchase land and properties. Um, Northampton County Council was actually abolished after, in 2021 <laughs> after making a series of very dumbass investments in property. Um, uh, my, 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 my county council is crying out for freedom. Please just allow me to build a council house. No, you must invest in stupid investment uh, property portfolios. But is it like, is it any wonder that like this stupid country, like I've often wondered about the UK, right? Especially in the last couple of years, like how is it possible that the housing market keeps growing despite the manifest insanity of everything and people not being able to like buy houses anywhere and landlords being fucking scum of the earth and, you know, all the stuff that we talk about on this pod on a regular basis. And I always thought like it must be majority on a majority and maybe it actually is. 
that like so much of what is left of personal wealth in Britain is so trapped in the housing market that like if it deflates, then people will like actually start fucking rioting. But now I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah, I mean, that is, that is just what the British economy is. It's a huge services sector and a bunch of well, like like a small gang of very rich people trading a bunch of poorly insulated houses amongst one another, while the price just inexplicably rises above inflation every year. I mean, for, for sure. But what I what I hadn't seen until I was reading all this is like, and what I still don't know because you know I I'm not I'm not a member of the Bureau of Investigative Journalism is like how much council money is sloshing around in like these speculative real invest real estate investments in like luxury flats. And again, on a positive reading for them to just make up for like the shortfalls that they've experienced in the last decade in terms of budget, like how many billions of pounds, if they're a council, to be fair, they were like pretty spectacular, but you know, if they plowed in a billion and a half, how much, how many more, like there are 333 councils, I think, in um, the whole of the, the whole of the United Kingdom, like how, how much more how many more billions are out there in terms of just like council investments and how much does that hook them into like the private real estate market, whether commercial or, or, or personal, like it's wild. If you think about it, like how I mean, much, I mean, this is, this is the ultimate goal of like a neoliberal state. Is it not to yeah, just have rather than, rather than investing in things that people actually use, it's fucking MacGuffins that just fucking line the pockets of some fucking, weird guy who owns a bunch of companies that all seem to have the same name but do supposedly different jobs yeah i mean it's just it's absolutely wild anyway i wanted to close out this episode by you know doing a little sort of where's everybody now kind of review uh some people as you will imagine um made up better than others like i said uh Thurk council has formally gone bust uh, section 114 um at the end of 2022 uh with a loss so far of uh, established losses so far this will probably increase in the coming years of 275 million on the investments made um and as a response like i said under section 114 you have to cut everything that is not deemed essential uh it's going to have to severely take the axe to all its budgets to um meet the debt payments because it is legally on the hook for all of those as well as provide uh, all the, all its government man central government mandated services uh, undoubtedly that's going to lead to massive job cuts at the council itself as well as big losses to its budget um i think this is from the guardian uh the potential sale uh could already include ten thousand council homes jesus dropped Christ. into the hands of the private sector um like and like yeah. Uh, knowing what um knowing where those count like you know i know where a good whack of those council houses are going to be and like they're going to be in places like uh pitsy and around that area like those are people who desperately need those fucking houses to be affordable yeah and they're just going to be what turfed out at best maybe or just had their rent jacked up I mean, if they if they sold it to the private sector, I'm gonna go ahead and guess that yeah, that's exactly what's gonna happen. And also, it's like none of those people like presumably wanted their council to do insane shit like this, like in return for not having a small increase in their council tax. I'm gonna go ahead, and that's you know, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna laugh when the Tories fucking walk in their two thirds like majority again yeah. in the council. 
Um, in, a, in a particularly like heartbreaking example, this is again from the Bureau of Investigative Journalism, the town's Thameside complex, I don't know, maybe Alistair, you know that? Uh, the town, I don't know what town that is referring to specifically. It, it's, I think it's a Thurrock. It's, it's, like it's like a big building that includes a library, a theatre, a local museum. This, this has already been designated as surplus to requirement and will probably <laughs> be sold to a developer. So apart from providing a desperately needed like quasi-public space for like cultural and social events, um, the complex also serves as pretty much the only local safe space for the LGBT community in Thurrock, as well as providing meeting spaces for disabled people, people in the BAME community, uh, and so forth and so forth. So... The people oh, already yeah. in this most is, distress uh, are going to get turfed out of their meeting rooms. Yeah, and that's, uh, I've just looked that up, that's in Grey's very, very working class area. Like, these are very, like, these are places that need these kinds of things. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if that was, like, one of, one of, if not the only fucking libraries that is in Grey's. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's genuinely heartbreaking to see that the results of a couple of guys doing, again, at best, massively stupid idiot fucker moron deals deals. Rob. deals making money deals spending that money and make money you know i mean um the thorough council by the way will need to pay um just to service its debt load alone uh will need to pay out 130 million pounds again Fucking Christ. It, it used to spend 150 million just on all its services so that's pretty much the entire council budget gone uh to debt servicing uh, and the gap projected for next year, for 2024, could be as much as £180 million, pounds, uh, which would be the biggest budget gap for any council in the whole of the UK. Um, but don't worry about it. Like, you're all going to be, if you live in Thurrock or the surrounding area, you're all going to be pitching in to help out. Uh, because you remember how I said that, like, um, if you wanted to raise council tax by more than 2%, you have to hold local referendum. Uh, well, uh, the Department of Leveling Up and Michael Gove have uh, given Thurrock Council uh, an exemption on that local referendum, and they are allowed to put up uh, council taxes uh, by 10% next year, or this year, I can't Hell remember. Hell yeah. So, again, your services are going to get cut to the bone, you're going to pay more and you pay for less. more for it, yeah. For, for not a little less, but for, like, substantially less. Yeah, uh, that the one safe place for L, like a public space for LGBT people uh, in fucking Greys. Goodbye, and you're paying more for the privilege. Fucking yeah. While well, while your council house has been sold out from fucking underneath you, it's it, it's truly like fucking horrendous. It's I, it, it's shocking to talk about it in these terms. Talk, turning to Toucan Energy Holdings One, you remember that's the current issuer of the disastrous solar farm bonds they are the ones based out of the um isle of man uh toucan energy holdings one has also gone into administration uh and buyers are currently being sought for the solar farms the estimated value of which has gone from 655 million to a current estimate of about 188 million so a paper loss so far of about 380 million pounds uh on investment uh, again, I should say, through their well-known lawyers, Carter Ruck, uh, Liam Kavanaugh has said that he personally had no role in the management of Toucan Energy Holdings 1 and blames current management for the problems. He is not involved in any of that, and that is, as far as we know, the truth. 
Uh, the Tories, by the way, if you're curious, are still in, tr in control of the uh, Thorough Council as of today. And they are actually painting all of this, as well as the Section 114 notice, uh, as a bright and cheerful road to recovery story in order to pay back all the money it has borrowed from 150 other councils as well as the treasury and presumably other people as well um it has had to take out yet another loan sort of you know a, a, it has consolidated all its loans into one big shiny one package easy payment yeah exactly uh totaling about 850 million pounds uh from the uk treasury uh with which it will repay the other councils uh, the money it had borrowed from its credit card to credit card uh, spending spree. The estimated interest payment uh, for this 850 million pounds from the UK Treasury is about four to five percent per year. You know, you know, I I knew a guy when I when I worked at the Domino's in fucking Corringham Town Centre who decided to take out a ten grand loan so that he could just basically spend it all in Amsterdam. Um, I still feel like he got a be much better return on that investment than these fucking idiots did. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, I mean, the only thing that we know for sure, for sure is that Sean Clark got some nice lunches in Mayfair out of it. Anything other than that <laughs> is pure speculation we will not be uh, Yes, in. we all love a free lunch. Exactly. Once again, we've returned to your sort of main theory of UK politics is, ooh, a free lunch. Um by current estimates, it's going to take um, Thorough Council more than 20 years to pay back this 850 million in loans. And oh, by the way, just for the, for the, for the relevant insanity, why is the central government loaning money to another part of the UK government with interest when the Treasury can, you know, go to the Bank of England and just make the money printer go brr? Like, there's no reason we... to charge interest. There, there really no, is. Because the people. The people of Thurrock need to be disciplined for their mismanagement of their finances. This this is true, and uh, the current Tory council leader, the previous one, did step down uh, 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 after all this. A guy called Mark Coxall is claiming that the problems within Thurrock aren't actually the insane investment strategy and you know the wildly out of control spending, but rather that Thurrock council didn't put up uh, council taxes for years. So because you fuckers didn't want to pay council taxes, they had to you know, venture out and do insane and, and crazy shit. Um, Sean Clark, if you were wondering, has been uh, suspended on full pay. He was paid about £130,000 a year um, since an urgent government intervention in September following what the government called grave concerns about the exceptional level of financial risk and debt incurred by the council. So, so far as I know, he's just sitting at home on full pay. Um, the... Chief Executive, a woman called Lynn Carpenter, was also placed on extended leave. I don't know if she is on paid leave or not. Of course, as I mentioned before, uh, there is going to be an official government report, which we haven't seen yet, but it was supposed to be published last December. It was then for various, or at least the stated reason that it was pushed back was legal concerns and people being allowed to have right of response. Uh, it still hasn't seen uh, the light of day. This is apparently due to legal concerns, but I shall also say that the overseers are, like you, like you said before, Alistair, the fellow Tory-led Essex County Council, as well as a Tory government. And I don't want to impugn motive or anything, but I'm fairly confident we're not going to see the light of day on well, this report until we after the local elections. We don't also don't want to prejudice investment against Tuca and Energy Holdings 1. So, no. 
No, which might come yeah, up with a great don't, idea don't. next. <laughs> yeah, don't don't trust any company that's named after a toucan or any crossings <laughs> or anything like that. Um, of course, like for me, apart from the biggest question, which is of course, how did any of this happen and why was it allowed to just balloon and spiral out of all control? But my other questions is like, so far as I understand it, right? And I may be wrong, but I'm going to be generous here. So far as I understand it, the Labour opposition and the other political parties in Thurok did actually want to get to the bottom of this and had been asking repeated a lot of questions saying what the fuck is going on and they were not given the proper answers. Again, that's as how I understand it. But like, in terms of other people, how did the Treasury, right, were on the hook uh, and had given £350 million in loans to Thurok Council... Why did nobody at the Treasury say, where's our 350 million? What are you doing with the money? You know, that's a big chunk of money. What I also wonder, what I would really like to know, but that's like the topic of auditing finances in general is something I want to do another day. But like, how did the auditors like approve accounts of thorough counsel from this beginning of this mess to the end? How did they not flag anything? How did they not, you know, what, what happened? How did everybody... Let it get to this point where, like, the la- yeah, some Rob, of the the last social and cultural links that, like, some of the poorest people in Thurrock have yeah, Rob, you're, in a space like, to be safe. Like, you're answering your own question because who's in whose interest would such a question be raised? Uh, not the interest of the council leader, not the interest of Liam Kavanagh, not not in the interest of the council or the county council or the like the actual government so of course that question doesn't get asked or if it I mean, does that you or if you do ask that question you get fucking sacked uh, yeah i mean it's a little late now because i think the de- the deadline's passed but like we on this podcast as i have like taken traditionally a very dim view and certainly in the last few years of like elections and turning up to vote and all that stuff but this stuff right you know, I'm not saying this is a reason for you to, to, to go out and vote because it's yours and you can draw a dick on it or you can stay home and play video games and do whatever the fuck you want. But like, there is a reason to occasionally turn up and like vote in someone that you think, even if they're not great, to have someone on the council, maybe it's just a fucking voice in the wilderness to sort of occasionally go, hey, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Yo, what the fuck is this shit? And that's, you know, yeah. I'm not telling you to vote. It's your fucking Hopefully. thing. But, you know. Hopefully they've got a lot of good independents running for the council in Thurrock. Yeah, or or indeed in 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 a number of uh, in uh, other places. I know that good councils. You know, I was thinking of you know thinking of like a mirror image of Thurrock. Like I know Preston Council, for example, does fucking amazing th- shit with like you know local supply chains and and you know the, the the whole Preston model thing. So there are good things out there, but you know. Whether or not you have any of them and you think they're worth turning out for is a decision I leave up to the listener, but I don't know. It's not great, but in the meantime, maybe, I'm not saying your vote will make the difference, but, you know, the councils are, council elections are on thin-ass fucking majorities as is, and, you know, there has to be a better way than, than thorough council and what they did and what they are doing to people. If there's, if there's ever a uh, public council meeting, consider turning up and just being annoying. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Turn turn up and be annoying. That's uh, that's also I think one of the mottos of this very podcast. Um, on the, 
And on that very notice, I'm going to close it out here. We will, you can, if you enjoyed this episode or you like more of it, uh, you can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash praxiscast. It's like five quid a month. We do more content. We really are planning on putting out more than we currently are. Uh, there's streams most Wednesdays and Thursdays, I'm going to say. Yeah. Just keep an eye out on our Twitter feed where we inform you like way hours in advance because we're pro communicators. Whole like that. minutes sometimes. Whole <laughs> exactly. Mm. There's lovely merchandise because it's spring, so you will need a new wardrobe uh, of bright colors to attract a new mate. Uh, you can get those at praxiscast.tmail.com. And I think that's about it. Uh, oh, and listen to Peace at Home. It's got some nice music on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, thank you. Very thank true. you for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye-bye. See ya.